Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. I hope this finds each of you so very well. I'm speaking to you from my studio in West Orange, New Jersey. Absolutely delighted to have this opportunity to interview Sarah Watkins, a certified life and well-being coach who helps women feel more clear, confident, and in control of their habits, health, and life. Sarah will be speaking to us today from the Canadian province of Manitoba. A few years ago, Sarah found herself in the middle of a major health crisis. She was suffering, she was suffering debilitating pain, feeling lost and feeling powerless. Her life was at a standstill. Nobody had answers and no one was offering her any hope. That is when Sarah chose to take full responsibility for her own body and begin to help it to heal. That choice to begin to heal led Sarah to become certified as a life coach, a culinary nutrition expert, a plant-based cooking instructor, and a health coach. As Sarah began to personally implement what she was learning, she began to see changes in her attitude, habits, and health. And as her health slowly began to improve, Sarah began to regain trust and belief in herself. She found answers, she was free of pain, and she became empowered, which fueled a passion to help other women also overcome their personal challenges to be able to achieve their goals and dreams. Sarah is an inspiring role model for grief and rebirth because after experiencing that debilitating pain and grief and powerlessness, she has rebirthed herself into the grounded 51-year-old woman she is now, happily creating her future one small choice and one small step at a time. I'm looking forward to this great conversation with Sarah about her healing journey to become a life and well-being coach, the shift within her that led to her rebirth, and how she now coaches women who feel stuck and unfulfilled in their lives. This is surely going to be an inspiring and uplifting interview. Hey, Sarah, a warm welcome to Grief and Rebirth podcast. Thank you, Irene. Like I said, I feel like I already know you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to say to our podcast audience that Sarah and I just met on our Zoom today for the interview, but she tells me she's been following Grief and Rebirth podcast, which is wonderful. So I'm so thrilled to hear that. Yeah. So let's begin our interview with this question. Sarah, what was your life like before you got so sick? And please share what caused that debilitating pain that brought your life to a standstill. Yeah, so I was 45 and I was actually feeling really good. I was what I thought was like really healthy. 
Um, I was living my life, I thought, doing all the right things, you know, eating well, exercising. I was uh, maybe partaking a little too much in wine. <laughs> I enjoyed my red wine a lot. Um, and I had, I had wonderful friends. And, you know, I was, I actually had just gotten out of um, quite a, a, a stressful long-term relationship. I mean, uh, when I left that relationship, I, I left with love, but I knew that it was time for me to walk away. So I'd been single for about a year and I had just started in a new relationship and I decided, oh, like I really want to get, I want to fix my teeth. So I decided to put braces on my teeth. Um, and that's when everything kind of went right downhill. <laughs> I ended up getting an allergic reaction to those, uh, braces, the metal braces. And, um, now what happened was they said, oh, this is typical. You know, some people just react to the metal. And I knew I was chemically sensitive to certain things. Uh, so I just thought, okay, well, maybe I can just tough this out and it'll, you know, it'll calm down, but it didn't. Um, so I finally asked them, you know, what can we do? So they changed the metal braces to ceramic, um, like little posts or whatever. So we tried that, that didn't work. Wow. I, I mean, meanwhile, you can't sleep. You're in pain all the time. Oh, you have, I couldn't eat. I lost so much weight. I was, oh my God, I lost so much weight. My face would <laughs> started swelling this whole ear. Oh I lost part of my ear here because it all peeled off so much. I, my face was literally, it was crazy. And then what happened was I started getting, well, and I mean, I had chronic fatigue and then I also had uh, this rash that started on my body and that very romantic for starting a new relationship too wow well, what happened was that relationship ended up disintegrating because I just couldn't I mean I, I wasn't myself it was like I just couldn't eat I couldn't even talk being at work trying to speak trying to um oh my gosh and the, then when the rash started that was the end of it for me I couldn't my skin was peeling off my body <laughs> oh my heart that's horrible <laughs> it was <laughs> terrible I could it was Oh my God. Anyways, it went, it ended up being that I couldn't, I literally couldn't function. I couldn't get dressed. Um, and then, like I said, I went to dermatologists. I went, ended up being, I, I got the braces off, but I went to a dermatologist. Give me my crooked teeth, but the braces are coming off, right? That's what I said. I said, I can't, I, it doesn't matter now. And they're, they're saying, well, your teeth are going to be worse than ever. I'm like, it doesn't like, I just can't handle it. Like, this is just what it's going to be right now. So I got the braces off and I thought, oh, things will settle down, but they didn't, they actually got worse. Huh. Um, so I ended up, you know, I knew Western medical wasn't going to help me. They just wanted to put me on steroids and um, topical steroids. And I mean, the rash was everywhere and it was like, oh, oh my God, that's so upsetting. Oh my God. It was well, I, I, my whole life changed. Like I didn't know who I was anymore. It was like, I couldn't see people. I couldn't do any, I couldn't exercise the things that I enjoyed. I could no longer do. I mean, even just walking cause sweating was like debilitating. Cause any sweat, oh, I, I oh my God. About it, just like, dry, it's just like emotional even thinking about it. Did you have family and friends who were able to help you or you were completely alone in this crisis? Sorry. 
I'm sorry. It's like when I go back there, it just is very painful. Um, well, you know what? This is what is making this interview so special because you're so authentic and you're telling everyone what really happened to you. It was terrible. Yeah. So when I um when I finally um decided I was gonna like fix it on my own, I was like, forget it. Like everybody's telling me there's nothing you can do. I just said, holy, I cannot live like this because it was to the point where I just couldn't live. And um, I'm sorry, I don't mean to get emotional. That's all right. I can so relate. I can so relate. I think that's horrible. Yeah. So, oof. oh, well, that's good because I just had an emotional release, which is always a good thing for the body. <laughs> so, yeah. So I ended What's up just. What's too about healing that's so important <laughs> for us to do that? And the fact, of, the fact of the matter is that you're so in touch with yourself now that you realize that what just happened which we all witnessed was an emotional release from your pain which is a blessing yes and it's like it's funny because I still have them randomly at the most like inopportune times but it's like whew, okay like I needed to release whatever was still holding on because we all hold on to stuff like and like they say like you know emotional issues end up being issues in the tissues so I, oh, I love that. Wait a minute. Emotional issues end up being issues in the tissues. That's yeah. Cool. So when, <laughs> when you hold on to things that have happened to you, past trauma or uh, pain, you know, debilitating pain, it's almost like post-traumatic stress, grief, you know, when you lose a loved one and then mm -hmm. you don't fully process all that pain, it just becomes chronic conditions. It can show up as like all sorts of different issues and especially body pain that's un that you're that's undiagnosed you know like it could be sorry I just have to grab a Kleenex please oh, do. Like, I don't even have Kleenex I just have toilet paper <laughs> <laughs> but whatever works so yeah so if you're if you're dealing with any kind of pain and you're not sure why you got to think about what am I holding on to that could be causing stress or tension or and some people will have all sorts of weird issues show up because they're not fully processing emotion and we're trained to shove down our emotion right and I was always trained to just be strong <laughs> you know oh and so you were one, one of these people who held everything in <laughs> yes absolutely oh okay yeah and so like basically my healing journey was um when I decided to take control, it was just like, okay, like, I'm not going to listen to the doctors. I'm going to have to figure it out on my own. And that's when I kind of went down that other road of, and they were going, she's crazy. Yeah. Well, I just, I just didn't even tell them. I was just like, forget it. <laughs> I'm just going to figure this out. <laughs> um, wow. So tell us about what you did to start to and you had no idea what you were doing to start to try to change the trajectory of what was happening to you. Yeah. And well, the thing was, I was feeling really hopeless and dark. Like it was a bad period right there. And I was feeling like my family was great, but there was nothing they could do. There's nothing anybody could do. Everyone right? must have been very upset. Yeah. So, well, I really wasn't seeing anybody. I really just isolated myself because I was like, I just don't want to be around anybody. So, and I think that sometimes we also need to do that. You have to go within um, because sometimes you just need to do that. I mean, in a way that's 
I kind of isolated myself a little bit too much, but at the same time, it gave me time to really figure out what was important to me. And it was like, my health is number one now, like above everything. Um, there's lots of things that I prioritize, but without our health, we really have nothing. Were you holding down a job during all this time too? I was holding down a job for the first year of that, <laughs> of when it was just, but it got to a point where I was at work and I was literally, I, I, the clothes that I was wearing were so painful. So it was just like, it, I was working, but it was like, just dragging my ass out of bed. Like just oh literally God. just dragging myself to work. And, and then I just finally, one day I just, I, I knew I'm like, I can't do this. So I put in leave and I went on um, disability for a year. Didn't work for a year. I didn't get paid either um, because my insurance wouldn't cover it. Of course. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> you know, insurance, I'm telling you so much for disability insurance. Um, and then I ended up uh, just, you know, whatever, it didn't matter. I'd had to, you know, I had to be off work cause I couldn't physically work. And so then I just sort of, um, after a year, I was lucky enough that they allowed me to work at home. So even though I was still in a lot of pain and stuff, being able to work from home made it much easier physically for me. So it, that was a, a gift because then I could get paid again. Um, but you yeah, it was- to attend to your healing and you could start to do what you needed to do for yourself. Yeah, and, and so that's when I really just, so what I did was I just started looking for other solutions. I started working with a Chinese doctor who did traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture and herbs. Like she's, she was wonderful. Uh, she helped me a little bit. She was really good too, just for my mindset, but we would see a few little steps forward and then, you know, then everything would just flare up again. So we were never getting to the root cause. Then I found a naturopath who was pretty good as well, but that wasn't helping. And then I decided to take health coach course myself. So I signed up to become a functional health coach so I could just discover my own solutions. And then I realized, oh, like a lot of it could be my food sensitivities and everything else. So then I decided to become a culinary nutrition expert to figure out how to start eating. Cause I was like, okay, I'm gonna go all gluten-free, all dairy-free to make sure nothing was- I mean, um, maybe it was a coincidence that the braces came on and your body was responding to something else, right? It might not yeah. have had with the metal. Well, and then what happened was from- doing more digging in my health coaching, I realized, okay, I found an environmental um, specialist doctor who was a naturopath. And that's when I started doing heavy duty detoxing. Uh, we did an environmental assessment. And based on my history, I, it, it would appear that I'd had a number of mold exposures. And I've been around a lot of other chemicals. I actually used to be a truck driver. So you were a truck driver, my goodness. I can't even picture that. <laughs> so yeah, in another lifetime, right? Like we have all <laughs> And so I was around the diesel fuel a lot and we were transporting hazardous material. And then I also, um, in another lifetime, was uh, owned a three-bay garage with my boyfriend. So I was always in the garage there around all the fumes and, the, and all that stuff builds up in our systems. And if we're not able to detox it, then, you know, then we can get sick. Then we can basically what can happen is your cup can fill up. And then a point, a, for me, the braces were the tipping point where my immune system just said, what is going on? We can't take it anymore. And I also realized that 
I'd been working in a toxic office building. Um, I knew there was mold in that building because I would smell it when I would go in some days, like in the summer when it was humid. And I'd always been sensitive to everybody around me wearing perfume and cologne. And it, it, like for years, I'd been begging them to like make it like a, a chemical free environment, but they never did. And nobody really understands. So you know, it's hard for them to understand when you're going through that. No, but they think course, you're cuckoo. You're not, but they think you are. Yeah, they all thought I was a nut job. Yeah. But I mean, literally, <laughs> it would like, I would be in work feeling so nauseous some days, but I put up with it. But my system was building up and building up and those braces just put me over the edge. And um, yeah, and so, I mean, it took a lot of digging and yeah. And so well, what did you find out? What, what was it that actually started giving you the relief? So I've been rash free now for a year. <laughs> so that's how long Bravo. it's been. Bravo. Bravo. Yeah. And is that because you did the detox the way you did? Yeah. Well, I mean, I went through different stages. Um, so I didn't find her until almost two and a half years into my journey. So it's like, up until that, it was just complete, utter hopelessness and pain. And just, you know, then I started taking my courses and applying all the different things. But then when I found her, I was doing infrared saunas. I was doing uh, vitamin therapy. I was doing um, like hot, cold hydrotherapy showers. I mean, my, my environment was already pristine clean, but I started using like air filters and uh, I got a filters on my water filters on my shower like just everything um and just really taking a lot of herbs and a lot of support completely healing my gut because leaky gut is a big thing when you have chemical sensitivities um and then I've also been using these specific superfoods that are very organic and pure and a product that helps to um heal your gut while also um, eliminating the glyphosate, which is everywhere in our food nowadays. So it's, I mean, it's known as Roundup, but it's, it's glyphosate is the chemical and it's on our food, it's in our water. It's like, it's on our lawns, on golf courses, it's everywhere you go. So for me, it's important to continuously keep this detox going because uh, I mean, I will not, I refuse to go back to where my body was. My body will never be, uh, have that rash again. I mean, that's my mindset. <laughs> and I'm I don't blame with... you. I don't blame you. Be sure when you get a little older to get that Shingrich vaccine also so that you don't have to deal with that rash will really throw you into, uh, trigger you. Yeah. Stuff, it's, you know? yeah, it's kind of a crazy story because Everybody I talked to is like, well, I've never heard of that before. Like most people I've never, I've actually never met anybody who's had an allergic reaction to braces. My orthodontist was like in shock. Um, he's never came across it before. He thought I was nuts. Um, Cause I'm like, no, everything is connected to the braces. And then it's like the braces just did that triggering thing, but right. I did research on it. And there's a lot of these, um, these things happen, but they never, it's a risk that should be actually given to people when they go in for these kind of treatments because yeah, like we don't know what's in the metal. There's all, that's what my dad said. He goes, it could be so many different types of things in metal, even when they say it's titanium and there's, when you go, we don't know what's in there. Is it cadmium? Is there, is there lead? Like, I don't know exactly. I know people who have metal sensitivities 
I definitely know people with metal sensitivities. I know people who have sensitivities to scent. It's it's not crazy. I mean, really. So um, so now you're getting yourself better. You're rash free. How does liking who she is, or how does learning to like who you are, help a woman to think on purpose so that she can live on purpose? Yeah. Well, and I think that that's how I got healthy was living on like thinking on purpose. So I found uh, the see. I was never, I wasn't really sticking with a lot of these habit things like the eating and everything else. And I was still drinking (laughs) like red wine was my coping mechanism. And so when I found, uh, the life coaching part of it, and that really helped me to change my entire thought process around what was going on with my healing process. So that's when I realized that I had to start thinking differently to get a different result. And I had to really stop, you know, sabotaging myself in any way, because there was, although I was doing lots of things right, there was still some things I needed to improve on. And, and I believe that like, there's a biological connection between what we're thinking and what's happening in our body. I agree. So I really had to start thinking about who I wanted to be like in my future self. Who was that person, that healthy woman, that woman who, you know, was in charge of her health, in charge of her habits, in charge of every single thing I did had to align with my goal of having a healthy body, you know, detoxing my liver of all those things had to line up. And in order to do that, I had to think on purpose. I had to kind of plan ahead. I had to be thinking from a space of who I was in the future not just who I was like feeling hopeless and powerless. So it was a combination of things that I had to do, but thinking on purpose is everything. If you want to create a result and it doesn't matter what the result is. That involves a lot of self-love also, which is also a big lesson for us because a lot of people, you know, you're worried about everyone else in your life, but like, how about you? And like a lot of things hinge on you and you don't, people don't realize that, you know, uh, about the importance of taking care of themselves so that they can be there for others, but you need to be there for yourself, which is exactly what you did. You didn't recognize it as love in the beginning, but it became a form of self-love. Yeah, um, well, and I think the big thing too with healing or losing weight or changing anything in your life is having a really good connection with who you are, like with your body, especially. Uh, A lot of times we have, our our head which is one thing and then we disconnect from our body it's like we hate our body (laughs) I hate my thighs I hate my legs I hate my arms I hate this I hate you know I don't like my big feet I don't like my teeth whatever it is and it's like wait a minute you're talking about all the parts of you as if they're not really you like you are all connected and every part of you has to be the same and loved otherwise how are you going to heal or improve it we think we can beat ourselves into a better body or a better life but it's like you have to nurture yourself into a better body and a better life you can't like beat yourself into into those things that's such an important thing for you to say sarah because a lot i hear a lot of people especially women and i'm guilty of it too like saying i don't like this part of me mm-hmm. and really your body is what's housing your soul which is who you really are and this is just, this is your vehicle you need to take good care of it right while you let go of all these toxic health issues, were there um, any toxic people you also let go of? Was that part of your getting better or that was not an issue for you? 
Well, you know, what's kind of funny is uh, like, I did a lot of thinking when I was by myself a lot, obviously. Um, and, and I realized what I realized what I've been in a lot of relationships that, that I was always the person taking care of like that other person. And I had left that relationship that I had been in just before I got sick was very stressful. Uh, it was, a, I wouldn't, I don't like to call any relationship toxic, um, but it was, a, I chose to stay in that relationship and I, and I chose to be in that relationship with a person that if I had really known, if I'd really looked at things, I would have known that that relationship wasn't in alignment with who I wanted to be or how I wanted to live my life. And I should have left, but we, I was talking to myself saying, well, you know, you need to help him. You need to do this. And it's like, I was, I was doing it. It wasn't him. That was a toxic part of my life. It was me making that choice to stay. Right. And I've made those choices my whole life. I've made my, I mean, I don't hold any grudges about any of my past relationships. I've grown from all of them. And actually I, like, I look back at all of them. It's like, okay, even if I was cheated on or whatever the case may be, I've never, I've never been a person to hold grudges that way, but I think that I've always taken on that role in all those relationships where I feel responsible for the other person. So you and, were a caregiver and you didn't practice self-love in your relationship. Yeah, I, I did focus a lot more probably on making the other person happy and that drains you. Of course it does. That's so true. If you're not filling your own cup first, right? right. You have to fill your own till it's overflowing and then that overflowing, you can hand to the other person. But first you have to get your, you know, your fuel tank, whatever it is full. And then you have so much more to give. But when we like don't have, <laughs> when ours is empty and then we're giving it to everybody else, it's like, there's nothing left. There's nothing right? actually right. So what are some of the buffering and distracting behaviors, which you probably also practiced, that numb, that numb heavy, uncomfortable emotions and keep women stuck in a holding pattern. Yeah, and I think this is all part of like not processing. Like I just had that huge emotional release. So, I mean, I think that we are, we push down our emotions and those are the emotions that feel uncomfortable, whatever they are, even if it's boredom, we don't like feeling bored. So we and grab the remote, we flop down in front of Netflix for like three hours. And when you're on the couch watching Netflix, then you want to go grab a bag of chips or maybe pour a glass of wine. And it's like, you want to numb out. So, I mean, some of the typical behaviors are all very acceptable. Drinking, overeating, like, you know, snacking, too much TV, Netflixing, shopping, you know, especially clicking, click shopping. So easy, right? A good way to get a quick dopamine hit. Um, and I mean, for some people it's porn, you know, it's, whatever gives us that quick hit of dopamine mm -hmm. and it's a way to almost like press that escape button on your life for an hour two hours whatever the case may be and I mean there's nothing actually wrong with any of well I would say porn you need to limit you know drinking you need to limit it's like all of these things you want to do them in moderation like how are you using these behaviors in your life to distract and buffer. And once you can be honest with it, you can decide what's the long-term gains or losses of this behavior in the moment, because we don't think about it sometimes that way. I think it's so hard sometimes for us to face ourselves. I think it takes a lot of courage. It's easier to hide behind those things. 
Yeah. And like I'm single and a lot of single women or even empty nesters too. And I mean, men too. Okay. So single women, so anybody who's alone, you, it can, you know, when you have those feelings of boredom or you're just alone with your thoughts, like I'm, I've always been pretty good being alone, but I mean, I was forced into like pretty much like, I mean, long before COVID I was in isolation. So it's like, you really are forced to get real with yourself and it doesn't have to be a bad experience. Like I think one of the most powerful things is learning to love your own company and just be in your own company, go for a walk without a podcast and just allow your brain to focus on like nature and just your feet hitting the ground and the, the feeling of your muscles and your breath. And that's when you start connecting body mind. And that was very huge in my healing as well. I actually had a body mind um, yoga teacher who was amazing. That really helped heal the connection, body mind connection, which is pivotal to um, your okay. healing journey. That's so, so wise. Sarah, tell us about those four P's that keep women stuck. Oh, Perfectionism, yeah, yeah. people pleasing. I love this procrastination and past programming. It's so hard to face your stuff, especially when you've got all those old tapes in your head. You know, it's so funny because this is where I feel like so many of us, because I always label myself as a perfectionist, but it's funny, right? So we got perfect. I call it the four P's because I see these four things keeping us stuck in our lives because we're in these, like you said, holding patterns. And it's, it's because of the past programming. So the three P's, the people pleasing, procrastination, and perfectionism come from the past program, our, our belief systems. But really what we sometimes miss is this is behavioral patterns. It's not who we are. Like we take on those patterns as who we are. Like I'm a people pleaser or I'm a perfectionist, I'm a procrastinator. But as soon as we like separate, wait a minute, no, that's a behavior and that's a choice. Um, and it's always passed on, past programming. You have to question yourself, like, why do I have these beliefs? Like when we're, we're born and we have none of these behavioral patterns, we're free and easy. Right, children are completely free. And then people insert into these kids or they tell them what the, who they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to think what's bad, what's good. Yeah, Absolutely true. Oh, we don't care about being judged. We cry, we stomp, <laughs> we dance, we play, and we don't worry about what people are thinking. You know, it doesn't matter if it's perfect or not. It doesn't matter. Like, I want what I want. I don't care if she's tired. I need to be fed. These <laughs> are <Like, laughs> when we're babies, you know, and it's like, um, and procrastination doesn't exist either because it's like, they want what they want, then they want it now. But as we get, as we get, in, depending on what environment we grow up in, we everybody has different, you know, be, belief systems. But the the biggest problem is we don't know that we even have them most of the time. That's why working with a coach or working with a therapist or working with somebody, um, usually not a friend, because friends will just buy into your story. You want to work with somebody that can give you an unbiased, um, like look at the blind spots and say, well, wait a minute, you need to question this area or that area. Um, to just pick out where your behaviors are not serving you. Right. Well, like you're saying that yoga coach or that guy who was the naturopath who also helped you with toxins, they were people who really helped you. And now you're starting to provide that to other people who are seeking healing. And from your experience, which is so important 
And it's such a passion of mine to get people to stop suffering and to get into healing. Um, when a woman becomes clear, confident, and in control by conquering those four Ps, and I'm sure it takes a lot of work to do that, but it is doable. Um, how does each of us create a life that fits who we become as we age? Yeah, so when I say clear, okay, so I say clear, confident, and control, because clear for me is you can't, you can't really... So if we're driving somewhere, we have to know where we're going. You're not going to get in your car. Although sometimes I do like to just go for a drive. But usually <laughs> if you're getting in your car, you have a, a destination that you're driving to. You're pretty clear of your plan. <laughs> you know what, how you're going to get there. Or you have a GPS, you have a map. A lot of times in our lives, we're not clear on anything. We're not real clear where our values are, especially midlife. That's when we start questioning, when we really kind of need to question everything because a lot of it is based on our like our life when we're 20. We plan our life when we're 20. Um, and then we get to like middle midlife and we're living a life that was designed way before. We're a totally different person now. True. So I like to think it's a good time to just pause, look back. Okay, that's what's happened. This is where I am now. Where do I want to go? So how can I get clear? on where I want to go and all the different points of your life, you know, your purpose, your relationship, your family, your finances, your habits, your history, friends, skills, like all the things like get clear on what you want and then you'll figure out where you want to go. Confidence comes into it because you have to build that confidence in yourself, not in, in your skills, but in yourself that you'll try and try and try. And even if you mess it up, you get back up, you're going to go again. It's okay. I can mess up and be okay. And I'm still yes. moving forward. Right. That's the kind of confidence I want my, my clients to get. Not about, well, you know, I need to be good at it. Then I know I'm good at it. Then I know I can do it because then we always procrastinate. And so it's like, you have to have inner self-confidence. And then the control part is controlling yourself. Like I talk about people. Will I say, want to oh, say that about 400 times, not controlling other people. It's about yourself. Okay. Yes. It's about having complete control over what you do as a person, what you think most importantly, and knowing that when you're choosing to think, um, you know, like some days it's okay to feel bad. Like some days I want to have a crappy day and not like stressing out about it. It's like, okay, today I'm just feeling kind of blah and it's okay. Um, and not over trying to even control that some days, because some days we just need our, a decompressed day, you know, but it's like controlling how you react to others, controlling how you judge others, controlling how you have a story about your life. It's just having control so that you can take the actions that get you to that goal that you're setting by being clear. For another word for control, would you say being conscious of what you're doing? Yes, absolutely. Being completely conscious and um, aware. And aware, right. What are the private, holistic, and collaborative aspects of your coaching that will help a woman to stop compromising and step fully into her personal power to create life on her own terms? So like she comes to you now, so what? how do you help a woman to, to do that? Well, it's really interesting because I, everybody's different. And that's why I coach privately. Um, Cause I mean, it's like, 
I do. I've done some group coaching, but for me, I really like to connect like on like a really like deep level with someone, especially if they're, if they're feeling very stuck, sometimes you really need to dig in a lot. So the first thing I always do is I help them to figure out their relationship with themselves because you have to have um, a really strong relationship with yourself in order to treat yourself better. If you're not having a good relationship with yourself, we end, to end up getting stuck in those buffering behaviors or making choices that aren't necessarily serving us, staying in relationships, you know, like all staying in jobs. What if a woman says to you, Sarah, I really don't know who I am. I'm a mess. <laughs> well, that's what, what we do you suggest? Where, 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 how do you work with her to start to get a knowing to be able to heal emotionally, physically, and spiritually, to get a knowing about who she is? Um, is your coaching, is that what comes from your coaching to help her to dive into her background and all? Exactly. So like when, um, so I certified with the life coach school and we do a lot of, the funny thing is coaching is different to therapy. So therapy is a lot of like talk therapy and we focus a lot on the past, but in, um, in coaching, we focus on the now, like on the moment. And so who are you now? And yeah, a lot of times we don't know. We have to, we have to start digging down, like I said, and who do you want to be? Like, cause sometimes we think, well, this is who I am. No, it's not <laughs> because a lot of who you think you are right now is a belief. So one of the really easy ways actually to do that is to um, like, I'll have them do a lot of um, thought work. And then I ask a lot of questions. You know, we ask a lot of questions. We do a lot of, sometimes all you have to do is have someone ask you a question and you start thinking about it. And all of a sudden your brain will, will start looking for solutions. We are constantly asking ourselves the wrong questions. Why am I so stupid? Why can't I do this? Why do I always mess this up? Why am I so fat? What's wrong with me, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, your brain will be like, oh, well, I can tell you. I'll give you like a hundred reasons. And they always go from the past. They predict, you're always predicting your future based on your past, but we don't have to do that. Your past is over. And actually your future is pre predicting your future. You can use your future to predict your future by looking at who you want to be and then making those choices to get there. If that, does that make sense? That makes tremendous sense, tremendous sense. Um, and I would think that when a person talking to you the way I am, I would think that your one-on-one -on -one is probably great for people because they feel very safe with you. You're so authentic and real and they can be honest and not feel judged. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm the kind of person I, I don't, I don't open up except I cry on camera in front of a whole bunch of people, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't typically um, open up. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm like in the back row. I'll observe, I'll listen, but I would never like want to be coached on camera or in a group setting. I want to be heard, seen, understood. I want to be like eye to eye with a person and know that they're, um, yeah, holding me in a safe, you know, secure space. And, and I think that is one thing that I, I think is really important, especially if someone's new to coaching and they don't know what the heck coaching is. They need that container, that safe space to be able to like, Really, or they're not going to progress. They'll, 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 they'll resort back to the old defenses. I think it's so important. You yeah. state that life is about savoring the moments, learning from mistakes, and embracing the entire journey. Could you share the story of someone you've helped to heal who's doing just that? 
Yeah, I think that, um, well, I think the one girl who comes to mind is someone like she was, I think she's 54. So, you know, right, she's a bit older than me, but sort of, you know, in that mid midlife kind of range and always kind of taking, putting herself completely last in every relationship and entering into relationships simply because she thought she had to be in a relationship to be worthy. Like her thought process was if she was single, then there was something wrong with her. And uh, she had a pattern. And of it course, I like, guess like programming to me, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I would say she had a lot of like people pleaser kind of um, behaviors. And, and she just like at the end, she describes herself as um, a self-sabotager, right? Because, you know, um, and it's true, but you don't realize you're self-sabotaging. And a lot of what she was doing was putting all of the focus on those people in her lives who a lot of times um, the person she had just finished with, well, she finished with him while we were together, but um, he was an, a narcissist. I mean, I didn't know him personally, but from all the, you know, the behaviors, but when you're in a relationship like that, it's very hard to see that you're being they're so manipulative a narcissist oh yes and so you really especially if you're someone who has low low self-esteem and low self-confidence and you're looking for like validation and affirmation and all that stuff and you're just trying to make somebody happy and it doesn't matter if they're cheating on you over and over again or you know they'll start off being really nice and then you know you feel like you can't get attention from them so you're constantly trying to get that attention so we really helped her to see like kind of like what was going on because you take the blinders off, kind of take off those sunglasses and start seeing. And um, she was building, building her, built her confidence and was able to see that, you know, she didn't need to be in a relationship. Um, if she wanted to be in a relationship, she could, but she didn't have to be in a relationship to be a whole healthy, happy person. And I think that right there for me is just like the most amazing part of it because- and You also probably helped her learn who should she should be in relationship with, that that was toxic for her. Yeah, and see, I don't use toxic ever. So- Say <laughs> so that again? I don't usually use toxic because I feel like, um, except for when it comes to chemicals, <laughs> but it's like, I like people to become personally responsible for their own behavior. And I don't think another person can be toxic to you unless you are- not setting boundaries for yourself and you're not being completely personally responsible for yourself um and, and you decide then from there and so and i would never tell a so you take away the blame you're saying it's your fault that you let this person in and you let this person manipulate you like that yeah it's just sort of like um yeah it's like when you become so personally responsible that you're making the choices oh i made that choice and that's okay because i didn't know better back then it sort of allows you to feel more powerful and be like, okay, well, I, now I see that this is how I want to be. It's not as if it's even like a bad thing. It's like, oh, okay. Now I know like this was very eye-opening for me. It was a learning experience. And I like to always like look at things from never that things were like a mistake because whatever happened, happened because it was supposed to happen. You, what you don't know, you don't know in that moment. Like I always say that, look at your past self and thank her for going through all the things that she went through 
to get you to where you are right now because you're smarter, you're stronger, you're, you know, you're, you're the woman you are today. And then look to the future. Who is that woman who you want to be in the future? And then pull from her strength and her skills that you know you're going to have and just start moving towards that. But it's always coming from a pace of power, personal power. It's so empowering. I think it's wonderful. Uh, I have to ask you one question before I go to the next question. How's your teeth work out? Because they look fine to me. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, I actually just had a huge bunch of issues with my teeth. Uh, was it a month ago? I had to have um, a tooth removed because with the braces, they cracked it. Uh, I'm still having all sorts of issues, but whatever. I'm figuring it out. But the rest of you is okay. And I want to get in, I want to get a tooth implant, but right now I have to really get my body very, 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 very healthy because I, and I have to get bio testing before anything goes into my body. Um, I will go to a biologic dentist and I go um, to somebody that will use um, all uh, ceramic um, implants, you know, no metal. So it's a process, but Hey, you do what you need to do. I'm sure there are people who are listening who don't even know that there are dentists who are more holistic. Yes, you can find them, which is information for them. What do you call the clarity call? And what are the best ways for people to connect with you? And do you have a special offer for our Free From Rebirth podcast audience? Um, Okay, so I know I've got to try and remember all those questions. You might have to remind me. I would eat them. <laughs> what do you tell us about your clarity? Your clarity. My clarity call. That is, um, that's just a complimentary call that I do for people that are, especially people who are new and they're like, "What is a life coach?" I mean, when I when I found life coaching, I had no idea what it was, um, and I ended up becoming a coach because I just know how much it helped me in my journey. Um, and so for me, life coaching is just like the bomb. Everybody should have a life coach. Um, and I do the clarity call just to have, well, kind of like have a conversation like we are today. I would just probably ask a lot of questions, sort of like you're asking me, <laughs> so I'd be asking the questions and just to find out if we're a good fit to work together and to see what, where they're stuck or what it is they want to improve. I mean, I always talk about building like a relationship with yourself. And then the other component is always having quality supportive habits. So we might talk about like what's going on in their life right now, their struggles, their habits, their where they are with themselves and and then decide if, you know, they want, like, it's completely complimentary. It's about a half an hour usually. And and then that's it. It's just, I think that's wonderful though. It's a complimentary call and they can explore and then they can make a decision, get to know you you can see if you have synergy with each other and all of that. Yeah, because it's important that I want to work with them and they want to work with me. I don't want to work with people if they're coming, you know, I'm not sure. It's like, yeah, are you all in? If you're all in, let's do it. Let's do this. Are you committed to loving yourself, to helping yourself? And what are the best ways for people to connect with you? Yeah, so they can just contact me right on my website if they want it. Sarah Watkins. Yeah, they just go to my contact and they can send me a message right through my website or they can email me at hello at sarahwatkins.com. And and I'm on Facebook, Sarah Watkins Coaching. S-A-R-A-H, right, Sarah? Yeah, it's Sarah with an H, S-A-R-A-H. And Watkins, um, like the Watkins products. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. And do you have any special offers for our Grief and Rebirth podcast audience? I actually have um, a self-discovery. It's just a short ebook. Like a, that actually has a number of questions that 
helps you to maybe have a little bit of a life awakening because I don't call it a midlife crisis. It's a, a life awakening. Um, I, I just lead them. I kind of explain right in there what the four P's are. Um, I give them some questions to kind of ask themselves and they can just go and download that at my, and it's um, sarahwatkinscoaching.com slash, I'm going to call it rebirth. Okay. So let's say that again. Sarah with an Sarah E. Watkins. Sarah Watkins coaching. Dot com slash forward slash rebirth. Rebirth, which is a magical word. Okay. And uh, what are Sarah's tips for finding joy in life? Yeah, I'm going to go back to that, those first two tips. Um, one, it, well, three. One is start thinking on purpose, like decide what you want to think. So that means you have to question yourself a lot. Ask yourself questions when you start having a story about something. Question, mm, could this be a story? And then you want to start building a relationship with yourself and start, once you have that relationship with yourself, you can start infusing really quality supportive habits to create a quality life. I always say you have to have quality habits to create a quality life. And I think that's the, like a solid foundation. You have relationship with yourself and you have um, quality habits. And I mean, those two things together with thinking on purpose is. will bring you joy. <laughs> right, right. Sarah, by overcoming tremendous suffering and grief due to debilitating pain, you are no longer feeling lost and powerless. And now you're a role model who empowers others to also transform their lives. What a true blessing and a gift you are as you continue to evolve and help others to evolve. I'm sure that many in our Grief and Rebirth podcast audience are now thinking about making that clarity call to you. And I thank you from my heart for this inspiring and uplifting interview. And here, oh, my pleasure. And here's a reminder, everyone, that you can see the show notes and all Grief and Rebirth podcast episodes on IreneWeinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us on social at, at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. As I like to say, to be continued, many blessings, and bye for now. Mm -hmm.